Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Got a lot to get to in the next couple hours here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy, Q. Demon Cotton is not with us today as... He's feeling a little under the weather, so my guy Bobby Machado's holding it down. Definitely appreciate Bobby and his efforts. He'll be rocking with us for the next couple hours, and I'll tell you, I'm not trying to fire any shots at DeMond, but he's a Grizzlies fan. I am a Warriors fan. After seeing the Grizzlies lose last night to the Warriors the way that they lost in a game that they should not have even been close in, a game that the Grizzlies should have blown out the Warriors by about 20, I'd probably be a little sick under the weather as well. So... I don't know what's going on with DeMond, but he's not feeling too good today. And again, that performance probably had a lot to do with it. Not to mention, I didn't tell anybody on Monday because I wasn't in the home studio, so I didn't get to look DeMond in his eye and see the the look of shame. And I hate to dog him while he's not here. But since he's not here, let's go ahead and dog him real quick. My man was at Parkway Tavern on Friday, and we had a little basketball competition. Let's just say DeMond didn't even get out the first round. We had five rounds that we ran, and he didn't get out of the first round. So we'll tell you all about that uh, some other time when he's here to explain himself and his uh, struggles when it came to the hoop game. And that's not even on the real court yet. That was just that was just shooting and having a little bit of fun at Parkway Tavern. But uh, like I said, when Demond's around again, we'll uh, we'll let him explain exactly what happened because he'll be one of those. Well, well, what what had happened was. What went wrong was, and he'll give you his explanation, so I'll let him go ahead and do that. But we've got a lot to get to on today's show. Coming up in a matter of minutes, Brad Spielberger, he'll kick us off from Pro Football Focus, talking all things James Bradbury. And I've been pounding the table for James Bradbury for a while now, thinking that that's a good fit for the Raiders. I think that that's a guy that's necessary for the Raiders. I look up and down the roster as far as the cornerbacks that are there, and I know that they have quality talent. I realize that. But I do also realize they don't have quality depth as far as veteran talent goes and I think that the Raiders really need someone similar to what they had in Casey Hayward last year so when we get Brad on coming up in a matter of minutes we're going to talk to him about James Bradbury and how he fits with the Raiders how he fits with what Patrick Graham wants to do I know that he played under Patrick Graham uh, last season in New York did a good job but there's plenty of people out there that believe that he's not a good fit with what Patrick Graham wants to do now in Las Vegas. So uh, we're going to go straight to the source. We're going to talk to Patrick, or not Patrick Graham. We're going to talk to Brad Spielberger about Patrick Graham's defense and how James Bradbury fits in it, how long he thinks he'll be out on the open market, what kind of money he should be looking for. Uh, there's multiple reports about what was going on while he was still a member of the Giants and exactly why he ended up getting released instead of getting traded. Uh, actually, we'll hear some sound from Ian Rappaport a little bit later on in the show uh, that, that can kind of give you a better idea of that. But We'll talk to Brad Spielberger coming up in a matter of minutes, about 2.10. We'll kick things off. We'll kick the opening drive off with his conversation. Then at 2.30, our normal guest, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal, will join. he'll join the show to talk all things Raiders. 
from the football side of things to the non-football side of things. If it's Raiders, Silver, and Black, he's going to be talking about it. So that'll be 2.30. Always enjoy our conversations with Ed Graney. We'll also talk to him about uh, the Aces, what they have going on so far in this young season. they got another game going on tonight. They're 2-0 on the season. So we'll, we'll talk to him about all the sports that are going on here in the area. Again, Ed, Ed Graney will join us at 2.30. Coming up at 3 o'clock, our normal Tuesday guest, John McClain will kick off the second hour of the show talking all things NFL. So uh, whether it's Tom Brady and this outrageous broadcasting deal that he's apparently agreed to $375 million over a 10 year period, unbelievable money. That is unbelievable. money. you want to talk about the guy that just keeps on winning. That is winning. Can you imagine just for one second? Like I'm not hating on anyone. If you, if someone's going to give you $375 million to do something that you've never done before. So be it. You know what I mean? Like that's cool. I have no problem with that, but could you imagine having another job, you're actually currently employed doing something and knowing that you have a $375 million 10-year deal waiting for you the minute that you retire and you could do something else, like that's winning. That's winning. If I could ever stop doing what I'm doing and knowing I have something that's probably going to pay me more than what I've ever done in my life waiting for me on the other side, oh, man, that is a win, win, win. So we'll talk all things NFL with John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. Also today, uh, I had an opportunity to interact with uh, Governor Sisolak yesterday at the Dollar Loan Center as we were talking about the IFL and the championship coming to town uh, for the next three seasons starting this year. Starting in August, there will be the first championship game. Uh, he talks about the IFL, but he talks a lot about the Raiders as well and what the impact of that team means to this Las Vegas area and how all of a sudden that started the snowball of everything coming here to town. Uh, he talks about the draft. He talks about the Super Bowl. He talks about the Raiders. So uh, you'll hear that conversation probably. It's only about a five or six-minute conversation. Uh, it's a multiple people. Paloma Villacana is one of them. Darren Millard's one of them. I'm one of them. Uh, there's just multiple people involved in this conversation. It's probably about five or six minutes. You'll hear that around 2.45. And then around 3.30, I'm anticipating hearing from Commissioner Todd of the IFL as well. Uh, another little conversation, a little group conversation that we had yesterday at the Dollar Loan Center. So that should be around 3.30 now. Of course, there's always wiggle room. There's always time to hear from you uh, by way of the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Anything that you want to chime in on the show, anything you want to say, if you want to ask any of our guests a question, you can always do that and get that message over to me, and I'll definitely make sure we go ahead and do that. And I know that we only have a couple minutes until we jump into the opening drive, but I do want to know, because I'm seeing this floating around Twitter quite a, 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 a bit, and I know that Twitter is not the end-all, be-all. doesn't mean that just because it's on Twitter means it's real. But I'm seeing a lot of, not momentum, that's probably the wrong word, but I'm seeing a lot of people talking about Nelson Aguilar and the fact that the Raiders should try to bring him back. And he's currently under contract with the Patriots, but because of salary cap, there's some that think that he's either going to get released. There's some that think that he's a trade partner. He was actually there talking to the media today in New England. Um, I don't know if he's going anywhere. Don't think that I care if he's going anywhere. Don't know if what the, the Patriots are looking for. I just don't see it. I don't see why Raider Nation would want Nelly to return. I really don't. So I would love to hear from you. You can, like, again, hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 with the keyword R&R. Would you want Nelly back? I know he had a really good season with Derek Carr. I mean, he had a career high as far as touchdown goes with eight. Had some really good yardage. But if you go back and look throughout the course of his career, that was more of a one-off type situation. That wasn't something that was the norm for him. If you go back and look at his whole career, his whole career is basically what he did last season in New England, about 38 catches, 400-something yards, a handful of touchdowns, about three touchdowns. That's more of what you're going to get from Nelly than what you got the one year that he was with the Raiders and had a heck of a season. 
And he really had a heck of a season because, well, the Raiders were lacking weapons. I just don't see that being duplicated. I know what a lot of people are thinking. Oh, man, remember the year that he had with Derek? Oh, man, you had Devontae Adams and you have Nelly? Oh, you, you, can't, you can't lose. I, I, don't think that, I don't think that would be that much of an addition. I really don't. But that's just me. You know, so uh, if you see something that I don't see, that's fine. Uh, please let me know about it. 69187 keyword r But I would love to know, would you be interested in a, in a return of, of Nelly Aguilar to the Raiders after a one-year hyenas, after, uh, you know, him going to New England, signing that big free agent deal? I, I, I think that, hey, you know, tip your cap to him and say, great job. You know, he put in a heck of a season with Derek Carr and the Raiders, went and parlayed that, turned it into a nice little contract. Just like Zay Jones turned his time with the Raiders into a nice little contract in Jacksonville. Go get it. I'm not mad at that. Just like Casey Hayward put in a good season last year and turned that into a, a decent little contract there in Atlanta. I mean, hey, if, if you have that opportunity, go for it. I just don't think that there's any reason to turn back and say that, you know, you got to bring Nelly back. I think the wide receiving core right now is fine. I really do. And it, it's, it has a potential to even be better. You know, Brian Edwards has the potential to, to really step up and, and be somebody. And if he could step up and be a player, then then – why not? Not mad at that at all. You know, let Brian Edwards go ahead and shine, give himself an opportunity. I, I don't think that there needs to be uh, a return of Nelly at all. So uh, we'll take a call, a quick call, and then take a couple quick texts, and then we'll get to Brad Spielberger. We'll open up the op- opening drive. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will join us in a matter of minutes, but I see that we already have uh, a couple people hitting us up, so let's go ahead and jump into that real quick. 702-365-9200. Tim in the Lone Star State, welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Uh, how y'all doing? Good, uh, good. I, I I wouldn't scream from for from the Raptors for Nelly, but I thought him and Carr really had a good rapport. I think you're right about um about um what you said about his numbers and stuff, especially over his career. But I still think uh I mean like I said, I wouldn't scream from from the Raptors because I think we got a pretty good group. But uh him and Carr did have have really good chemistry, mm-hmm. and I I still I still think even especially with um uh, uh somebody like Devontae Adams. And um and uh and Renfro, I think he could still I think he could still hit a, a good uh somewhere between forty and fifty passes on some long on some long balls. Okay. All right. Well thank you for the call, Tim. I do appreciate you. And uh there you go. Tim's not screaming from the mountaintops for Nelly, but wouldn't have a problem if he did return. Let's get one more quick call in. Jess, right here in Vegas, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh I just I don't think uh I think we got enough. Uh, you know, Renfro and uh Waller and uh, Aguilar, I mean um, Adams. Yeah, I think we're good. I, I, unless we get like a some really great deal on him, I don't see it, man. All right, hey, thank you for the call, Jess. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I don't see it either, man. I don't, I don't see it either. I don't think it's necessary. Again, I know that like Tim in Texas said, he had a really good year with Carr, had a really good chemistry with Carr. I just don't think it's necessary. I, I like what the wide receiving core looks like right now. Now, if something were to happen in training camp and a guy goes down, that's another conversation. But as it is right now on paper, I think it's just fine. Tim, Jess, thank you for those calls. Great way to get us started. Now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
Let's see your hat. We're going to come fast and furious around Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 today. And to kick off the opening drive, we have my guy Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And, Brad, thanks for your time this afternoon. I, I wanted to talk to you about James Bradbury. He's a guy that has now been released from the New York Giants. He's a really good defensive back. He's a, a, a big-time free agent available in May, which is rare. But he's out there and available. What do you think off top do you think the market's going to look like for Bradbury? Yeah, like you said, a very good player, a guy with a connection to Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Um, you know, a true, maybe not a number one, dominant number one, but a, a solid number one, really, really high-end number two outside corner, can play some man and some zone coverage. Uh, I think it, it is like you, you, you were smart to highlight that he's a free agent in May, which is weird than itself, and he was cut so late purely for cap reasons, not really because of his play. Um, it, it could depend if he wants to go one-year flyer, maybe go back on the market next year, or if he wants to really get a deal in the you know, maybe 10 to 13, 14 million per year range. Now you mentioned you know he could possibly look for a one-year deal or multiple-year deal. What do you think would be the best for him, knowing his age, knowing his play, and especially if he were to land in a place like Vegas with uh, Patrick Graham, who was his defensive coordinator a year ago? Yeah, you know, I think it makes him down to the market, right? And, and how many suitors there are, which I guess maybe isn't a Raiders-centric answer. But, you know, it seems like the Eagles get involved. It seems like the Chiefs in the AFC West get involved. If, if several other teams looking for a, a reliable, solid corner, a guy that rarely misses time, um, like I said, is team diverse, it, it can cover a lot of different receivers, um, you know, then – you know, it becomes a different question just in terms of how big this contract could get. You know, you put out a tweet talking about Bradbury has 42 pass breakups uh, since 2019, which is second amongst cornerbacks. And a lot of people, a lot of Raider Nation are saying, yeah, but Q, I think that uh, Patrick Graham wants to run this certain scheme, and I don't think he fits that well. If two pass breakups in a few years and you had 17 a season to go and four interceptions, does it really matter what scheme you run? You're a playmaker, and the defensive coordinator's job is to set you up to make plays. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to adapt to the talent that you have. And even Patrick Graham in New York kind of shifted away from some more man principles and things that he brought over from his time in New England and played more zone. And so maybe Bradbury fits better in that capacity. The Raiders, of course, have a roster that thrived last year playing a lot of cover three principles, a lot of zone, you know, defensive principles. So, um, you know, I think that's a question of, just adapting to your talent, like you said. Now, it just it makes too much sense to me. You know, I mean, when you look at the roster and you look at the defensive backs they have, they have some talent, but nobody that I believe is a, is a true number one. And like we said at the beginning, this guy could be a one, maybe a, a lower level two or, or a high level two, I mean. So, I mean, if you have a guy out there and available and he has that familiarity, it just, again, it just makes too much sense to me. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. I, I mean, I think you, make the, you have this room coming available – uh, with, with the June 1 uh, cuts, excuse me, um, you know, it was from Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib. So you're going to have, you know, maneuverability in terms of the cap and, and the ability to spend. Um, and, yeah, like you said, it, it's a luxury to have a guy come available this late in the offseason. So you, you should definitely at the least explore it. Talking right now with pro football focus Brad Spielberger here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And when you have a new regime come in and you have a new coaching staff come in like the Raiders do, how important it is, is it to have that veteran in the room where they know the scheme and they can help the younger guys not necessarily be the coach on the field, but kind of know like, hey, this is what's expected when this is called? Yeah, I mean, it goes a long way. I think you saw it with Casey Hayward last year. I think you see it every year with the, with the veterans and their ability to show guys a system that that is applied to um, the coaches they now have. You know, the language, you, you can do all those little things. And 
I, I think it makes a huge difference. How quickly do you think that this market may ramp up for him? And how, how, how much in a hurry do you think he might be to, to sign a deal? You know, I think he might be patient, to be honest. I, I think that sounds kind of, you know, maybe crazy. But it, it is so late at this point that, you know, there maybe is no rush that, that a market is going to be, you know, it, it's going to take some time. Realistically, teams have used up a lot of their cash budgets. There are a handful of clubs that maybe are still looking to make a move. And, you know, he was a guy that, that folks anticipated to become available. He obviously almost was traded. It sounds like trade ag- agreements were made, but not a contract extension for him. And therefore, teams would not, you know, make the trade with the with the team. So, um, you know, I think he might be patient and look for a deal that he thinks he still deserves. Talking right now with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. I know we kind of talked about money already, but I mean, what do you think is a, is a reasonable contract? Say he were to get a multi year deal with any organization, not necessarily the Raiders, but just any organization, what do you think would be reasonable for him? Yeah, I mean he's a he's a sub thirty cornerback. We saw even a guy like Stephon Gilmore, who of course is a, is a you know superior player, but a thirty two, thirty three year old player get a, a solid deal. And, and I would say two years, twenty million. Maybe try to make that your floor if you're him. Um, you know, shoot for that. I think it's a fair, that's a fair deal for both parties. Um, you know, he, he's a good player and was cut for cap reasons. Uh, a team that is just kind of turning over the roster, not really competitive, and knows it. Um, and weren't able to get a trade done. So, um, you know, I, I think he, he realizes his value. When you look at the Raiders and you see what they've been able to do and the, the guys that they brought in, even their own guys that they extended, like Max Crosby and Derek Carr, I mean, what, what do you think of the, of the roster as it sits right now in May? Yeah, I mean, they've addressed a lot of spots and obviously, you know, solidified a lot of places they already had with Max Crosby and Derek Carr and just took care of a lot of their own. But, you know, adding Chandler Jones, adding pieces around it, uh, we talked about another guy who has catches with Patriots defense. Um, you know, I like the Bilal Nichols addition on the interior. I, I think they've, they've added solid depth, which may have been an issue in recent years. There are, of course, still question marks. Right tackle is a bit of a question mark. Um, you know, who's going to ultimately kick outside there and, and can they hold up? But uh, for the most part, I think it is a better roster than it was a year ago. You know, I'll play off team. What do you think of Alex Leatherwood? He was the guy, you mentioned right tackle. He was drafted a season ago to be the starting right tackle, kicked inside the guard. A lot of people are saying that maybe they're going to try him again at tackle. Uh, what are your thoughts when you see him? Where, where do you think he best fits? Yeah, you know, I mean, he did really struggle at tackle, and I think kicking him inside the guard made the adjustment at least a little bit easier. But, you know, I, I can't say I can speak too much on you know, offensive line development, especially, again, uh, you know, we're switching, you know, coaching staff, so maybe they have a different view for him. But, you know, I think if he, if he works at guard and, and can solidify a spot, um, it, it, there's still good value there, even if he was taken, you know, to be a tackle. Um, you know, at this point, he's getting solid offensive linemen. You have a ton of weapons at this point in the offense. Um, you know, just solidify it and, and get it solid enough to a degree. Right. And, yeah, getting that offensive line solidified has got to be the most important goal. You get all these weapons. I mean, you can't you can't get it to them if, if Derek Carr is running for his life. You know, so uh, they've got to get that solidified, no doubt. So we'll see what happens. That'll be one of those training camp conversations. Where is he going to play guard? Is he going to play tackle? You know, what what's that going to look like? Uh, as far as Josh McDaniels goes, uh, you know, there's a lot of conversation about the AFC West, a lot of conversation about what the best team is, what's the worst team. I feel like Josh Josh McDaniels is a guy that's not getting enough conversation about because of his play calling ability. I think that that's going to help give the Raiders a big step in the right direction. Having, having a guy that can really push the right buttons as far as play caller. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think there are a handful of clubs that are buying into, you know, a, a coaching change and a system change and improving their offense and improving the pieces they already have. 
Um, and I think a perfect example is the Raiders, where you know a quick out offense to you know, guys that can get open in a hurry, and, and Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, of course. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think they're going to. It, it just gels. It makes a lot of sense, and I think it will fit with the pieces that they have. Josh Jacobs, they obviously did not pick up his fifth-year option, but a guy that can definitely get them some chuck guards when they need it. Um, I, I agree with you. He, he was effectively the head coach of the offense. It sounds like uh, in New England, he was certainly getting paid like it. You know, he's. He's been kind of, you know, obviously a head coach before in the division, but, you know, he's also been, I think, a guy that is viewed as in charge of the entire operation on offense. So it could certainly, you know, raise the entire, you know, situation. You mentioned Josh Jacobs not getting that fifth-year option picked up, and, I mean, I think the reality of it is that the running back position is just not valued like it used to be back in the day, and so a lot of these guys aren't going to get their fifth-year options or they're not going to get contract extensions. But uh, just looking at the Raiders' running back room, they have a plethora of them, plus they went and drafted two more of them uh, during the draft. So uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think, how do you think Josh McDaniels is going to use that running back room? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a committee approach. Uh, I think we've seen that in New England time and time again. They added another player, even with you know Damian Harris and Reminder Stevenson and all the guys they have on their roster. James White coming back from injury. I'm, I'm not talking New England, but yeah, I, I think it is going to be all these guys. It sounds like Demir White's a guy they're high on. Um, you know, I, I don't think, like you said, they, they ultimately value putting a ton of money in one player in that position um, and, and spreading the ball around to different talents. So obviously, you know, Jalen Rashard brings a different skill set. There's so many different you know, ways to utilize these players, and, and they'll do them all. When you look at the AFC West, final question for you, uh, how do you see it shaking up? Uh, again, it's only May, but just, I mean, the way you, you look at it from a distance, uh, knowing it's going to be such a competitive uh, uh, division, what, what do you see? Yeah, I, I mean, it really could go any way. There are so many talented teams. I, I'm a guy that still ultimately believes in the Kansas City Chiefs, but it is mm-hmm. interesting to see every team in their division get better and then, you know, arguably get worse. Um, I think the Los Angeles Chargers have a phenomenal roster. Uh, and then I think I, I see the Raiders coming in third. And I guess this, this is crazy, but you know, the Broncos, I still have question marks about, but they are getting healthy. They have a talented roster. And obviously, Russell Wilson's a massive addition. So, uh, you know, maybe not enough turnover there, but it, it's going to be a gauntlet either way. It could be a three playoff team division potentially next year. Man, I'm telling you, it's going to be exciting. It really is. And, and I kind of see it, you know, like you do, there could potentially be three teams making the playoffs. And I think the, the records are going to be very, very close because they're going to beat each other up throughout the course of the year. So uh, good stuff there, Brad. You got anything coming out on Pro Football Focus that I need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, we're just, you know, getting getting through the draft in the offseason and turning our attention to next year and, and prospects and everything going on with, with, with next season all right well good stuff thank you so much for your time my man i do appreciate you we'll be talking soon thank you sounds good have a good one all right you too there he goes brad spielberger right there from pro football focus you can find him on twitter at pff underscore brad just talking a little bit about james bradbury and then of course talked about the raiders there and the AFC West in general. Before we take a break and close up the opening drive, uh, Ian Rappaport, he was on Pat McAfee earlier today, and uh, he was actually talking about James Bradbury and the situation that went on in, in New York because he did get released on Monday, but apparently, according to Rap Sheet, there was a lot of teams that were interested in making a trade for him. Here he is. Check it out. So, if you look at the way that situation played out, like, the Giants, I know it seems like the Giants didn't have a lot of offers. They actually had a lot of offers. They had several teams make you know, legitimate, workable trade offers for them, but that new team couldn't then come to terms with Bradbury on a new deal because he's he wanted that, you know, $10 million, $12 million. He wanted more. Now that he's free, I would imagine you think his a- agents are not allowed to talk to teams about contracts while they're still employed, so they would definitely not do that. But you'd think his agents would know what market, it, you know, what's out there. So if he's 
got it, like if he's going to make what he turned down from in those trade offers, like I could see it happening pretty quickly. There you go. There's a rap sheet talking about uh, he thinks that it could happen pretty quickly if the agents happen to know what teams are out there interested. And of course, you heard the little chuckle in the background. They wouldn't have been talking to teams before he was released because they're not allowed to do that. So they wouldn't do that <laughs> as Bobby in the studio laughs as well. That's a, uh, that was a, a pretty good one there from rap sheet. And so I think that they're very aware, well of the, are, are aware of the teams that are interested. And I do believe the Raiders are one of them. I know our own Vinny Bonsignor put out a piece saying that the Raiders are interested in them. Uh, it just depends on how long he's willing to wait. If it's something that's going to happen quickly, then the Raiders are probably out. If it's something that's going to get done after June, then I, I, my gut feeling tells me that the Raiders are going to be definitely in there, but uh, for anyone who's out there talking about scheme or doesn't fit, look, if you can defend the ball 17 times in a season and you can pick off the ball four times in a season, I don't care. You could play. You're a playmaker. And that's what it's all about is going out there and making plays. Just like Patrick Graham said, he told Max Crosby, don't worry about scheme. Don't worry about that. I'm going to put you in the right position to succeed. That's what it's all about. It's not all about getting caught up and falling in love with numbers and all oh, this kind of scheme or zone or, or press man. And, all that's not really important. It's about getting playmakers on the field to do exactly that. Make plays. Let's take one quick call before we get to my guy, uh, before we get to Ed Graney. Let's talk to uh, Avant Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Hey, uh, and I totally agree. Uh, you got to just let players create and disrupt sometimes. Um, as far as Nelly goes, you ever see that movie, The Best of Times with Kurt Russell and Robin Williams? Nah, I'm not a movie guy. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Okay, so Robin Williams, spoiler, catches the ball at the end, and he's shocked that he catches it. Every time Nelly caught it, it looked like he was kind of shocked, and it, it was always unsettling, even if he was getting yak or whatever. Anytime he caught it, I was like, why, why am I shocked? Okay, but why are you shocked, bro? Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need that kind of heartache during the year, man. Oh, man, I can't handle that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Thank you for the call, my man. I'm with you 100%. Again, I was never even a big fan of him when he was a, a member of the Raiders before. I was surprised that he made the roster. And then, hey, to his credit, and I gave him credit plenty of times, he put in a hell of a season. You know, I just remember how he left Philadelphia and, and the, what it looked like there, and I thought, man, that's that's not something that the Raiders want. But he, he, he came to Vegas and did some good things and turned that into a nice contract. But I think that's where it should end. I really think that's where it should end. I don't think that – the Raiders need to address the wide receiver position more with the guy who's probably going to want uh, a decent amount of coin. He's not going to go in on no minimum deal. And I, I just, I don't see that happening, but uh, there's a whole lot of conversation about Nelly, this Nelly, that, and uh, the Raiders should be bringing Nelly back. I just, I just don't see it, but we'll ask, we'll ask our next guy, Ed Graney from ESPN, Las Vegas, also the review journal. He'll join us next. This is unnecessary roughness on Raider nation radio, nine twenty. to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Joined us in the last segment to talk all things James Bradbury. Just saw a report that the Texans were a team that was interested in trading for James Bradbury, but apparently it fell, it fell apart when contract extensions came into play. So we'll talk to John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll ask him about that off top. We'll ask him about Tom Brady and that situation as far as being a $375 million broadcaster. Never, ever did it. Woo! Not mad at that. 
at all. We're expecting to hear from Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas in the Review Journal in a matter of seconds. Uh, my man Bobby's trying to get him. Uh, but I'm just looking back at some of these numbers from Nelly, and I'm not really looking at catches and yards, but more of what I see that's the same tendencies. Last year in New England, he averaged 12.8 yards a catch. In 2019 with the Eagles, 9.3. So almost a first down. 2018 in Philadelphia, 11 and a half. 2017, 12.4. 2016, 10.1. 2015, 12.3. So you see they're all in the same ballpark, right? 9, 10, 11, 12 yards per catch. How about a first down? That's not bad at all. That's a guy who's, you know, extending drives. That's fine. That's good. Now, what's the difference? The one year with the Raiders, he averaged 18.7 yards. That's a big jump. But there's no consistency there. That happened one year. One year. And I really think that was more out of necessity because Ruggs wasn't developing like the Raiders thought they were he was going to. And Derek Carr did have a good chemistry with them. But I just feel like that was a one-off thing, not something that's going to be consistent when it comes to Nelly. I mean, you are who you are consistently. And consistently throughout his career, he's been a guy, you know, 10 yards a catch, 11 yards a catch, 12 yards a catch. That's fine. Again, that's not bad. I'm not knocking him saying he's bad. I just don't think that everything that you saw the one year he was with the silver and black is what you should expect if he were to make a return. I know that's what New England was probably expecting from him last year, and it didn't pan out. So just be careful when everyone's wishing for him to, to return. I just don't see the, the need for him. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r from Salon, Arizona. Say, Q, what up, bro? I'm listening to Radio Nation Radio on our way to Disney. Son is a huge fan. Shout out to... SJ, my son is a huge Edwards fan and thinks he'll be good because of the addition of Adams. Go Raiders. And I think that that's a big key right there is that, uh, is that you know, Brian uh, Edwards is there and could be, could be a factor. He really could play a factor, could play a role in, in everything as far as Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of attention. You know Hunter Renfro is going to get a lot of attention. Darren Waller, of course, is going to get a lot of attention. Brian Edwards, we've been asking about X-Factors plenty of times. He could end up being a guy that, benefits from all this other talent that's on the field. A, a guy like Nelly Aguilar may not be necessary. You know, and, and I even said going into the draft, maybe they'll get a wide receiver, maybe they'll draft one, one on the cheap. I would have no problem with that. Just because it's a, it's a you know, it's a young dude, and they went and got a couple undrafted free agents. But it's a young dude on a cheap deal, go in there and contribute at some point, great. If not, cool. I just don't think there was a need to go out and make another move for another wide receiver when you have the wide receiver room that you have. Got a text from uh, Charlie in Montana. Q, Charlie here. If we can get Nelly on the cheap, cheap, I wouldn't turn home down. But I don't think we need him at all. So it has to be on the cheap. And, I mean, I get that. If it's super cheap, if it's veteran minimum and, you know, just a very minimal deal and he uh, signed with the Raiders to begin with, I mean, I could see throwing him in the mix there. But I don't think at his age he's going to want to sign for a super cheap deal. I just I don't. And, and to your point, I don't think that the Raiders need him. I, I really don't. Uh, got a text from 8Joe1, Raider8Joe1. Hey, Q, what's up, Raider Nation? Anyone out there who wants or thinks Nelly's coming back, y'all tripping. Did y'all really forget the BS he pulled after the Dolphins lost, lost last time? Hard pass. Absolutely not. I do not want Nelly back. Not Trent Brown, <laughs> nor any clown who disrespect the Shield. Love y'all, my Raider fam. Keep that pride and poise. That is from Raider8Joe1. He said, hell no, to a Nelly Aguilar return and I, I don't look I don't blame you at all uh, I don't really care about the the temper tantrum that he threw emotions are high in football emotions are high in life so I totally get it uh, I'm not I'm not mad at that I just don't think that the talent is needed 
And I don't think that the talent that you saw the one year he was with the silver and black is going to be the same talent that you would see if he were to make a return. I just, I just don't feel that way. 2.35 is the time. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line, talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. They was adding, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm with the last um, texter. I say hell no on Aggie, but um, only if he come for cheap. And um, it's like a one-year proof of deal, so he can try to get paid like he did with us before. Hey, he got paid in New England, and you see all the um, wide receiver salaries going up. So if you come take like a, a real friendly minimum, I mean a veteran minimum type deal, if he comes in, that's the only way. Other than that, I say hell no. But he see the um, the wide receiver salaries going up. If he's smart, he'll come back like he did with New England, come have a good year with us and try to get paid again. But that's <laughs> only if he come for cheap because the only thing we lack in is speed. You know, we got some good wide receivers, but we don't have the speed. You know what I'm saying? And he has speed and he's a big body. So that's the only reason I say if he comes to cheap because we lack speed. Imagine him in Deshaun's Jackson role from last year. If you put Aggie in that role, I think he can, um, you know, take the top off a couple of um, defenses. You know what I'm saying? But that's the only reason I um, I say bring him. And as far as Bradbury, I say bring him in. We need him. You know what I'm saying? We need DBs, especially with um, we don't know what's going on with Mullen. You know what I'm saying? And so um, we want we need players that want to be Raiders. You know what I'm saying? If you don't want to be a Raider, then get on. You know what I'm saying? Walk the plank, like I said yesterday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if we want players that want to be Raiders, want to represent the Shield and bring us our fourth, fifth, and sixth championship, the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying? That's what we're all about. Keep it gangster, y'all. I'm gone. Q, have a good one. All right, man. You too. Appreciate the call. Good stuff right there. And, yeah, it's funny, man. You know, you mentioned the, the Deshaun Jackson role. Uh, and I was one of those that last year thought it was a good idea because, oh, he's got speed. He'll be able to go and fill that role that Ruggs did. It's just not that easy. It's just not that easy regardless if you got speed or not. That Deshaun Jackson uh, experiment was was a fail. It really was. I mean, he had one game that we all remember that he actually did something positive in. And then the other game is the, the game against Kansas City where he ran the wrong way and ultimately fumbled. That's what we remember with Deshaun Jackson. And I like Deshaun Jackson. I do. It's just that wasn't meant to be, obviously. So, uh, And I think he enjoyed Las Vegas a little bit more than he probably needed to enjoy Las Vegas. So, <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> I will say Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> bless his soul. <laughs> and I probably would have done the same thing, or I probably would have been the same guy if I had arrived in Las Vegas at a very young age. You know, luckily I'm 45, I'm married, and, you know, got got a better head on my shoulders than, than, I, uh, than I did when I was 21 or 22. But I, <laughs> from everything I've heard, Deshaun enjoyed Las Vegas a lot. And I'll just leave it at that. So uh, that's that's that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just I think that the room looks good. And I think that what Josh McDaniels is going to do. And again, I think he's the X factor. As I talked to Brad Spielberger about early in the show, I think he's the X factor on the sideline. Everyone's talking about who's the best team in the division, who's not the best team in the division. It's it's you got to remember that there's a guy on the sideline that can call plays at a very high level and can get points put up on the board. Gangster Raider always talks about 30, 31, 32, 33 points a game, whatever the case may be. Josh McDaniels is going to help you get those kind of points. I'm not saying that he's going to average 33 or 34 points, but I mean, he's going to help you do that with the play calling. I think that's a, a factor that a lot of people are not talking about as far as when they talk about the Raiders. Right now on the phone lines, as promised, our guy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Review Journal. Uh, Ed, thank you so much for your time. I understand you had a little bit of phone issues, but, hey, we made it. That's all that matters. We made it. Time to get to the phone store. Now I'm on the wife's phone. Hers actually works. Maybe uh, we paid the bill for hers and not mine. I'm not sure. There, hey, you know what? That's I think that's the the phone's way of telling you that it's time to do one of those upgrades because every yeah. every time, brother, I'll tell you, every single time when I think that 
oh, I don't need a new phone. I'm good to go. Then that's like it hears you say that, and then it just it shuts it on down. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm glad that you're uh, you're on the phone with us. And uh, we were talking about the Raiders and we were talking about them on the field and, and, and we'll do both. We'll talk on the field and off the field. But uh, there's been a lot going around about Nelly Aguilar and, and, and folks wanting to see Nelly return for one reason or the other. They think the Patriots are either going to release him or try to trade trade him out and thinking that the Raiders need him. I don't see the need. Ed, what are your thoughts on Nelly? And if he were to return to the Raiders? I don't. I don't see a need there, Q. I'm sorry. I see a need at other spots. I, you know, I mean, I'm far more interested in someone like James Bradbury and what they might do there. Mm-hmm. I think they're okay in in, in in Nelly's spot, man. I think their offense is has a chance to be really, really dynamic. So, if you're asking me if you know who I'm looking at mostly, I'm looking at corners. Yep. I know, you know, in terms of uh, you know, uh, signing Kenny Young at linebacker. Like, I think that's the side of the ball they should really focus on and. Like I said, I'll bring it back to Bradbury. I think that this guy, you have to, I'm sure they've already called, you have to, you know, at least see what it's going to take money-wise, but nothing against Nelson Aguilar. I just think they're set at that spot. I do, too. I agree 100%. I'm glad you mentioned James Bradbury. We were talking about him to start off the show, and I think that that's a, a, a direction that the Raiders need to go. They don't have that veteran corner like they did last year in Casey Hayward, I think, and I want to get your thoughts. What is your opinion on having a veteran, especially when you have a new coaching staff, a new scheme, having someone there that's familiar with what the scheme is? I think it's huge. You know, look, I mean, uh, nothing against Rock SN and, and, and Trayvon, uh, uh, excuse me, and Trayvon Mullen, uh, because I think they're good starters. But here's a guy who knows Patrick Graham well, uh, the defensive coordinator. Uh, they had the they had the uh, role, you know. Um, uh, with the Giants, and um, I, I mean, I just think having a, a guy who knows someone on the inside would help a lot. Now, again, what's it going to cost? They're going to have to probably wait to free money on uh, Littleton and Krakowski uh, or Littleton and Nassib yep. um, on clearing that money on, on June second or whenever it has to be cleared. And then, what does Bradbury want? You know, we show this morning. It's interesting in terms of them not being able to move him. Um, I don't know why that was the case. Maybe he couldn't come to agreement on a long-term deal with someone else. So that'll be really interesting for these teams who supposedly are lining up for him. Um, I've seen a lot of teams uh, supposedly involved. You never know if that's true behind the scenes. But uh, a veteran quarterback like this, I mean, two years ago in PFF, he was a top-10 corner. Um, and then his numbers were, you know, average to above average. But right. to bring in to bring in a you know corner like this, I think would be great for them if they can make the money work. Right, I agree. And I'm I'm saying, and I've been saying it for a while. I think it's a, a direction that the Raiders need to try to go and at least kick the kick the tires on and try to make kick a play. The tires on him. Right. Yeah, you got to kick the tires on. Him. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least you tried. Now, one thing I found interesting is when we were doing the the pre-draft show, uh, Eric Allen. I was I was working alongside Eric Allen, and he said something about every time they went to camp. His defensive coordinator always said, hey, we've got to go out there with the mindset of getting 20 interceptions this season. Not 20 turnovers, 20 interceptions. Well, Ed, as you know, the Raiders got six last year. So what do they have to do? What do you think that they can do uh, to to go out there with the goal of getting not even 20, but just doubling what they did last year and trying to steal those extra possessions? I mean, to me, you rely on the you know the really really good guys you have up front, right? Just bring more pressure and and, and force guys into mistakes. Um, six to twenty is a lot. Uh, it is a new scheme. They've got a new defensive coordinator, but six to twenty is a lot. Could you go six to twelve? Could you double it? Um, I don't know if they can get to twenty. That to me, that's a lot. Right. Um, but if those new if those guys up front, um, you know, uh, Jones and, and and Crosby and whoever they start inside can apply more pressure. And heck, you know, maybe they get some more. Maybe they get some more tips. Maybe they get some more, you know, pressured throws. Um, uh, 20, 
20 seems like a lot. Yeah, it does. Um, but could you could you double it? Could you get to 15? I mean, maybe that's what they need to do is just get pressure up front, have good linebackers, um, and and maybe that turns into more interceptions. Right. And and look, I, like you said, 20 is a lot, especially when you only had six the year before. But, I mean, I just think that it's going to be so important to be able to create some turnovers this year in this division, knowing how tough it's going to be every single time out. It's going to be a tough game, and you're playing against a really good quarterback. You're going to have to steal some possessions. Yeah, you're going to have to steal possessions, especially with the quarterbacks in that conference, or that division, excuse me. I mean, and really the conference as well, but specifically in the division, you're going to have to steal some things with those guys, and that's what's going to make it so cool. I mean, I think you and I are really excited and want to see the schedule come out, want to see when they play all these teams and play all these quarterbacks in this division, and you're going to, like you said, you're going to have to steal some to like win games. Right, no doubt. Talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. Also, the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, does a fantastic job on both. You mentioned the schedule. When the schedule comes out, what do you look for? Oh, man. Well, listen, now, Q, I'm a, I'm a deadline guy, so I look for as many <laughs> early games as possible. <laughs> My eye directly to game times. Right. Doesn't matter who they're playing. Doesn't, I mean, we know who they're going to be playing, but doesn't matter about that. I kind of want to see who they open up with. I, I assume they're on Monday Night Football in the open. That's just an assumption of mine. Uh, we already know the Bills are playing in week two. Um, you know, do they get one of the Christmas Day games? Do they get a Christmas Eve game? I assume they'll get one of those. You know, being on the West Coast, they're going to get one of those later games, probably one of those days. But uh, I'm all about the times, man. I'm all about the times. <laughs> the, fewest, the fewer 5.15, 5.30 kickoffs is fine with me. So it's going to be cool. I mean, you know, Tyler and I were talking about this in the press box. If people don't know how big the NFL is, just know that there will be two different stations, you know, um, uh, broadcasting that schedule. Right. I mean, think about that. Just, just for a schedule. Not for, like, you know, huge transactions. Not for big games or whatever. Just a release of schedule is going to be have that many eyes on it. So, I think people understand how big the NFL is, but when a day like that comes, then you really sit back and say, wow, this, this thing is massive when it, you can get that much attention on just releasing games and times. Well, if you didn't know how big the NFL is, just look at what Fox has given uh, Tom Brady, $375 yeah, Tom Brady. million, dollars, oh, Ed, for 10 years, yeah. so something he's never done? Yeah, and I just, you know, he's tried to, and we talked about this also, you know, since New, since New England, he has tried to get away and be more, let's say, open TikTok, Twitter, um, look, I don't want to prejudge him. I have no one. He probably won't start this for six years from now. Who knows when that guy's going to retire again? Right. But when he does, I just I don't know about you, but just even his Twitter and even his TikTok stuff are, are pretty pretty controlled in that it's you know I'm sure it's read over. Um, you know, the, the closest he got to really talking smack or saying anything was about the the Tuck Rule game the mm-hmm. other day, which I thought was actually pretty hilarious. Um, but I don't know if I sit here and say, yeah, he can be Romo or he can be Aikman. Like, I don't – now, maybe he will be. I, I have no idea. I don't want to prejudge him. He might be great. But when you see him in either the golf matches or other places, I mean, he's not bad, but that's a lot of money for him. And yet, you know, greatest quarterback ever, and, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's polarizing because people love him or hate him. So, you know, that's, that's always good to have someone like that. And, you know, people have opinions about somebody. Um, but it, that'll be interesting to see how he is. Don't want to prejudge. I just think, you know, when I think of him and I see him on social media and everything, I mean, maybe it's unfair to compare him to someone like Romo or Aikman because those guys I think are really, really good. Um, but props to him for landing that kind of deal before Man. he even starts. I mean, uh, I don't know. Again, his agent's probably the second smartest guy in the room next to him because his agent has done very well for him throughout the years. Yeah, he really has. And I know that uh, Fox didn't want to pay Aikman, what, $6 million a year? 
and they're gonna right. they're gonna pay uh, they're gonna pay Tom Brady uh, thirty seven million. Not yeah. bad. <laughs> no, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Ed, before I let you go, I did want to ask you about the Raiders off the field. It's something that we can't ignore. I mean, because it's a big story going on right now. Uh, we all saw the you know the firing or the the statement from the Raiders on on Friday about the firing of Dan Ventrelli. We saw Dan Ventrelli's response. You actually got some uh, response from uh, Mark Davis. You you kind of went back and forth with Mark Davis a little bit. How significant? This is something I learned from your piece. How significant is it when Mark Davis said that he was never the actual full-time president, he was always the interim? I thought that was really interesting. Uh, obviously, Mark didn't read their media guide, or the media guide made a, pro- made a mistake because they took the interim tag off. Right. So, something happened there. You know, it, it, there's two sides of this, and probably the, the truth is in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see what the investigation brings. Um, Dan Ventrelli's an attorney. Um, I, I just can't believe, and we've talked about this, I can't believe that statement that he doesn't believe he has something. Now, again, he could have something, and that something might not mean anything. Right. That's the other thing people aren't talking about. You know, He might have something that he thinks, you know, or here, here are these, here are these um, statements from people. Well, we haven't seen the statements, so we don't know if the statements mean anything. Um, I don't know if we'll ever really find out about an NFL investigation. We saw what happened in Washington. Right. Um, if there isn't any discipline, it, it could be internal, and we'd never know. So, you know, I mean, I don't know, Q, it's, it's, it's a hard story to cover because you know this as well as anyone. Look, when these things happen, people talking and being whistleblowers when they already have jobs are really tough. I mean, I'm speaking from a reporter side of things to really get to the bottom of things if people aren't willing to really come forward and talk. So um, we'll see where it goes, but I always I always withhold judgment on the stuff because I do know there's two sides to it. Yep. So to take one side just makes no sense at this point for me. No, I agree. I agree 100. percent That's what I've been telling everyone here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Like, hey, we'll we'll talk about it as facts roll out, but until it's yeah. facts, I don't want to uh, speculate because you no. just don't know. You know, you just we don't. have no idea. So uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of one of those stories we've been talking about. No drama all off season, and then all of a sudden this popped yeah. up. So you know, a little drama, just a little drama. So Ed, fantastic stuff as always. What do you got coming out on the R? Jay and, uh, and the press box that uh, we need to be on the lookout for. Press box tomorrow. I'll be talking to uh, Vinny Bonsignore, our guy, about the Raiders. Nice. Uh, Sam and Ash, uh, they're, they're, and Jason Fitz on their Wednesday spots. And then Raiders, uh, kind of waiting for Ricky Minicamp. Ho- hoping we can talk to some of those guys out there. We haven't heard uh, a schedule yet, but hoping we can get in there and OTAs and work towards uh, minicamps and, you know, into the into the summer. So, Got to get these things ratcheted up, man. Got to get out there and start talking to some people. That's right. It's going to come up at the end of the week. So, uh, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Ed, thank you so much for your time, my man. Go get you a new phone. I appreciate you. Yeah. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, there he goes. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. Also, the RJ. You can find Ed on Twitter, at Ed Graney. 2.50 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come on back. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle talking all things NFL. On a Monday, I was out at the Dollar Loan Center for the IFL Championship announcement where they announced that the championship game will be played in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center for the next three seasons starting this year in August. So that was a big deal. Chuck, whose name's on the side of the of the uh, Dollar Loan Center, of course, the president and the owner of the Dollar Loan Center, uh, he was there in attendance. We talked to him yesterday, but we also had an opportunity to talk to Governor Sisolak. So here's that conversation from yesterday. 
Well, Governor, another major sporting event yep. coming to Las yep. Vegas. Does that excite you? It's, it's tremendous. It's a great opportunity. We're going to have it here for several years. This ball is going to be moving up and down this field. So it's something exciting to look forward to. And it's attracting more and more people to our community, exposing Las Vegas to people that otherwise probably wouldn't have come here. Once you get somebody to come once, hopefully they'll come back again. And to have these options that are available, whether it's Formula One or if it's the IFL National Championship, if it's the Super Bowl, the draft, it's just another reason it puts Nevada and Las Vegas on the map, and we're excited for to be part of it. I remember the Cintiq meetings back when the Raiders were starting up and the talks of coming here. Would you imagine all of this could come to life just from those back in those days alone? You've, you've got a good memory. I remember those <laughs> meetings. I remember those meetings all too well, and I was just focusing on getting the Raiders to come here and get that stadium through. And it seems like. Once, every, once everyone saw what happened when we got the Raiders here and we were able to build a legion, they saw the potential of this market. It's a success that the Golden Knights have had and the Silver Knights and the Nighthawks and every, they keep coming, you know, and the Aces. and Everybody's on board and there's a sporting event all the time here in Las Vegas. There's something to do and enjoy. And a lot of this, the Chuck said, is family entertainment. It's not as expensive. I get the fact if you're going to a Raider game or a Golden Knights game, it can get a little pricey, you know, with the price of the tickets and the swag and the concessions and whatnot. But you can go to an Aces game or you can go to a game here and you can have a good time on a reasonable amount of money and a family can make this be family entertainment, which is exciting. But it exposes more people to our market, and I'm excited about that. And another good thing coming to the Valley, more jobs. Uh, also, not on the Strip exactly either. It's a different look for the, for the Las Vegas Valley. It is different, but it's going to expose people to an area that they might never have seen. It's going to get somebody to come out to this facility. And this facility is wonderful. The fact that we've had a couple college graduations here already. We've got the teams playing in here. People get to come here. It's convenient for folks. You know, it's a little congested when you get over there by a Legion or T-Mobile get in and out of there in terms of uh, ingress and egress and parking, and you don't have that problem out here. So it's a fun thing, and this is a family time, and they're so good with the community that this is just another exposure to athletics, which is great. How important was the three years? I think it's extremely important. You know, it's tough to take these things on a one-year basis, you know, because you got to put so much initial capex into them in order to make it happen. And Ten would have been nicer, but I'm sure after they do three, they're going to want to come <laughs> back and they'll make this permanent. Because, as I said, you know, when you saw what happened to the draft. I mean, I talked to Commissioner Goodell last week and was teasing him. I said, you know, nobody can do this like Las Vegas. Kansas City's going to be a letdown. Yeah. You do understand that. <laughs> he goes, you're not the only one who's told me that. I've had some owners tell me that already. I said, well, you're welcome back here on a regular basis if you want to come. So he said he was pretty good about it. It was, it was nice. Did you get any inclination from them aside from that, that they may really consider making Vegas like kind of a home for a lot of these big events? I know it's, it was a discussion, clearly. It's a discussion because the revenue they got out of that, and it's not just the revenue, it's the exposure. And the fans had such a great time. When I was on the press conference on Flamingo and Las Vegas Boulevard, and looked out, you could count all 32 teams' jerseys. All of them were out in that audience I could count. And the draft was just an exciting thing. It's not like the Super Bowl where you come or the IFL Championship where half of the people are going to leave disappointed because their team lost. You come out for the draft, you're happy because you're just wondering who your team took. Mm -hmm. You might not agree with their selection, but you got somebody <laughs> good that's going to help you this year. So it was a fun thing, and I think the fans really enjoyed it. And like I said, it's tough for other cities to compete with. There you go right there. Governor Steve Sisolak met with us uh, yesterday at the Dollar Loan Center for the IFL Championship. And you see...
talked about the Raiders, talked about the draft, just talked about everything coming to Las Vegas. And it's awesome to be able to have these events here in town, not only on the strip, but also off the strip, like in Henderson or in Summerlin or wherever the case may be. There's so many different places where events go on, and it's all right here in this Las Vegas community. 2.59 is the time when we come back. We'll kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.